Hey, uh, doing the intro here for What the Heck with Richard Dweck. Uh, this episode is with Don Harris. Uh, it is uh, the 10th episode of season 4. 10th episode of season 4. Uh, we are uh, moving right ahead. Uh, I have Don Chimboli tomorrow. Uh, this was a fucking great episode. It cut out a couple times, but we were able to uh, save everything and... Uh, this is a fucking great conversation, and uh, Don and I are going to be doing a podcast, too, now. So, look out for that on your radar. That's fucking awesome. I love that. I love when stuff like that happens on the fly, and, you know, this is just a fit. This is a great episode. I'm so happy. Uh, I'm so happy it went pretty well, and uh, I'm, I'm always debating whether to do intros or not, and... Uh, I didn't do an intro last week for um, Kurt Ryan. I didn't really ask people. Um, maybe people can bit back to me on what they want. I don't do long intros, but I'm kind of debating whether I should do them at all. Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. Oh, what's up, Butch? Hey, Don. How you doing? Uh, are we recording recording yet? Yeah, we're recording. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, shoot. Which one do? Everything seems good. Uh, I said it earlier, I'm so happy to have you on. You know, it's so interesting with the Brighton Bar. Like, we have, like, you know, those people, like, that we look forward to. Yeah. Like, I'm Matt for people. There's Jim Brew. There's Carl. And there's you. You're, like, one of the, like, most naturally funny people that I know. Like, I'm going to suck your dick for a little bit. No, no, it's all good. It's really, really funny. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. Like, I think, like, you know, it's so funny. We have, um... Did you see the documentary yet of uh, uh, Patrice? No, I did not. I don't have. I got to get Paramount Plus. Yeah, I, I want to check it out. But, like, he sort of reminds me of you a little bit. Like, in just that, like, you know, obviously you need the audience. But you're, like, a naturally, like, funny person. Have you always had sort of a... Uh... Were you, like, uh... a, like, a class clown growing up? Um, yeah, I, I would say, I would say this as much like it's, um, growing up, I grew up really poor and, right. you know, the, I grew up in a, I grew up in a, um, ethnically diverse area and, uh, right. you know, everybody was just getting picked on and roasted all the time. Um, hang on one second. I'm going to answer a text. Yeah, um, yeah, too late now. Sorry about that. No, it's uh, fine. No. All right. So, like, like growing up, like, hacking, like, roasting each other, that was kind of, like, sport. But it also, for me, it was, like, a defense mechanism growing up. Oh, yeah. That I used to protect myself, like, to, to like, you know, just just getting getting bullied, getting picked on. I was always big, but I was poor. And, right. you know, I couldn't, like, revert right to violence. Like, to me, it's know. so interesting. Like, I wasn't – I grew up in that, but I wasn't – prepared for it and I didn't like it and it's so weird now that like I love being made fun of and like people are so surprised that like I like being made fun of and roasted and it's like these are funny people that are like amazing at what they do and there's a friendship to it so you sort of let your friends say whatever you want to you whatever they want I I think I think when it comes to things like that it um it's it's really where it's coming from because like I'm the type of person if I'm fucking terrible to you it it probably means I like you right because like 
like if like people I genuinely don't like or if I feel malice towards, like I don't I don't give it the right. You're not gonna give uh, it attention. Yeah, exactly. Or at least I'll try not to because I don't want to be a fucking psychopath. You know what I'm saying? Am right. I allowed to cuss on here? I'll try not. Yes, to. you can. You can say okay. whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> I have like forty listeners. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's all right. Hopefully, we'll get to forty-seven. I think we got the good Don eight listener bump. I have a feeling this is going to be like I'm not just buttering your bread. I have a feeling this is going to be a very popular episode. And you know, yeah. it's, like, it's just so interesting to get like you know to just have that effect on people because I know like what it's like. Like to me, you just be you. But like, have you always when you were doing comedy, have you felt like? A lot of embracement, a lot of love from other Um, yes and no. See, what happens is I'm a fucking wild man. I like to party. I like to do yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And sometimes sometimes it's too much for people and it can be a tad annoying. But, like, I've, I've got some very good friends out of comedy, to be honest with you. Like, I've been blessed with it. Even, like, all right, so I, I look really forward to doing the episode of the podcast with you today because we're starkly different people, oh, you know. Sure. But, the <laughs> you know, the... um. The, the contrasts and perspective or whatnot can yeah. lead to interesting conversation and not even for just the listener, but to, yeah. to, well, to yeah. in between I me mean, and you. So like when it, to revert back to the question, which would be like, have I feel, has, have I feel embraced? The answer is yes. You know, but some people can be seeny and stuff like that. It's just oh, it's yeah, the nature yeah. of the game. Just like if you were playing rec ball at the YMCA, everybody's not going to like each other. Everybody's not for everybody, yeah. but you shouldn't yeah. try to like dismantle others because you don't necessarily see eye to eye or you're not just like best friends. You don't vibe. It's okay for motherfuckers not to be friends, right. you know, but you you just got to respect one another. And that's something that I've had to learn through my time in comedy is to be more respectful towards people in their art first and second. Like, you know, you, you, you don't want to piss everybody off. Oh, yeah. For you sure. know, I have a thing where I'm, I'm naturally rebellious against like um, societal norms and power structures and right. like you know so so my my first my first like inclination is to you know go against something when yeah. like as time has passed and i've learned and i observed more it's just like you know don it's okay everybody's not for every everybody is not for everybody but at the same time you all have a common goal here and it doesn't even mean that like i'm not talking about get a special and become touring comics or anything like that everybody's here for a reason whether they're yeah, funny of course they're they're funny. They're egotistical. This is their release. Uh, a mix of both. Like we're all here for a certain reason, right? And I don't want to ruin somebody else's time. Yeah, and that's so, something that came with experience. Yeah, it's so interesting that you mentioned that context because, like, it's true. Like, you know, for me, I'm I'm so flattered that like you want to be on and stuff because like I just feel like you're always very nice to me, but I could like totally buy it if you're like, yeah, that kid's a pussy. I don't want to hang out with him. I'm, yeah, I'm not like that though, and I think sometimes my 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 persona on the internet and stage like um may may be like that, but I'm I'm an inclusive person, like and, yeah, and not yeah, because sure. it's like the trendy thing to do. I just think that you know I can gain more learning something from you than not knowing anything about you and depriving myself of the experience. Right, but it always seems like you're always doing like. You know, just like that party animal type of stuff. It's always so envious to me of like being able to do that stuff in comedy, because that's where like adventures and stuff happens. So like, uh, and also it's the company you keep too. Like you're really close friends with uh, Sean, right? Sean McDonald. Mm -hmm. I was talking to Sean earlier. I had him on the podcast, and uh, that was so that was just so cool to have him on. 
and he's a very like he's a very interesting guy because <laughs> he's way nicer like in person than uh than you would expect. oh he has wrestling bitch face he does not look approachable i say the same thing about you know tim at the brighton with the white hair <laughs> he just has a wrestling bitch face yeah. he looks very <laughs> unapproachable but if you talk to him like he's like the nicest guy in the oh, world yeah, sure i had a joke about like i said this on stage once and it's completely true is like what i liked about him was i it, i feel like especially, I, I think you could probably resonate with this, is when you go to the Brighton bar, you sort of have to be on. Like, when you do comedy at all, you have to be on, you have to be ready for, you know, any type of social interaction, anything. For me, what I liked about Sean was, like, I don't have to dance for him. He doesn't care about me. <laughs> like, it didn't no. seem like he, he gave a shit about me, and that was very relief. Well, that was really relief. I was like, oh, I don't have to, like, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> No, yeah, that's 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 the thing. Like, you don't gotta dance, and I get it. Like, I'm a believe it or not, I'm a fucking crippling. I I I experience crippling anxiety like you do. Yeah, you know, you just you just show your whole fucking hand. Like, I'm sure yeah. you're a shit yeah, poker sure. player. Like, <laughs> so like, so sometimes like when it comes to like dancing or turning it on, like me, I don't try to turn it on or off. But I can't lie. Like, if I I'm more likely to have it on after I get off stage because that anxiety has subsided right. of going on stage. It's like, well, now I'm gonna be loose. But it's a it's a double edged sword because what I'll do is I'll start not sitting there and watching others. I I'll, I'll be you know it's a it's it's like a feeding an ego thing. Like it's like all right, I'm good, I'm good. So fuck everybody else. And it's just in my nature it's not that right you know i'm trying to do that or i'm purposely trying to be disrespectful or anything like that it's just like it's something i'm working on because going back to you want to be friends with your peers or you want to just be respected by your peers or welcome you know so it's like i don't know when it when it when it comes to turning it on and off i think it's important to try to gauge when it's time to and when it's time not to especially in relationships too oh yeah that's the one thing that I learned about comedy is that it's a lot of relationship stuff with people. And to me, I always say, like, I envy, like, I feel like rock stars and, like, actors do a little bit better with, like, the social camaraderie. With comedians, I have this saying, it's like, we're like infants in tuxedos. Like, we're trying to be adults, but, like, our main thing is, like, that we're childish and, you know, immature. So it's weird to be like, okay, we got to keep this, like, sort of businessy thing around each other sometimes. Exactly. And and, and like that was a problem with me for the first year or two. Like just some some something simple as if like you got a sidebar conversation, keep it short and whisper it or like go outside or something. Like because there's nothing more um there's there's nothing more like it's just disrespectful whether you mean it or not. Oh yeah. You know yeah. And um, I'm, it's something I'm not per- perfect at, but it's something I've definitely worked towards because, you know, like I said, you, you want to be liked by your peers. It doesn't That's mean... here because, yeah, that is, a, that is a problem, but I think it's, you know, a common problem. You know, you just have that... You, you just have things that happen. Like, you don't mean for it, but like like you said, just quick and stuff, they happen. You know, they're just going to happen when you have a group of like-minded people. People are going to, you know, stretch off. To me, it was always like, you know how you mentioned like getting along with people like to me that was a big thing like to me i just had to realize like that even though people might not have the same goal as me or the same like intent like they're still here to do what they're gonna do for whatever so it's all about you know 
yeah, getting for, along. Yeah, you're getting something out of it. Like for me, it's free therapy. I feel better when I go, you know? Oh, yeah. Like even if I bomb, which is the most terrible feeling in the world when it's a real good bomb, um, it's still, I went there to do something. It's like yeah. I, I get that fight or flight in me. Like I get fucking terribly nervous and shit like that, but that's what I get out of it. Yeah. You know, somebody else, they might be pulling something out of darkness or they might be pulling something out of, like you referred to, everybody has a level of immaturity where this is their escape from adulthood to be to feel like a kid again. Right. Like, to me, I always feel like, you know, I say this, like, it's kind of sad, but it's true. It's like, I don't know how to exist outside of the, like, outside world. Like, on comedy, on stage, I feel like a superhero. It's like, it's legit like being a superhero. Like, you're normal during the daytime, and then this is the one thing that I can do. Like me, I feel like it's very common for people like to be like, I feel that everything. Now I do comedy and I'm great at that. Like, well, like it's, it's a repetition thing. It's also because like you didn't feel the same way you feel right now, like two years ago, because yeah. you, you, you know, because you you have that muscle memory when you're up there. Like you don't, you know, you're you're not, you know, you're comfortable up there. You know, so, it's it's different strokes for different folks. Some people yeah. run five k. Some people fucking go fishing all the time. You know, this is a weird medium that, you know, yeah. a group of us have found. And we come from different walks of life, man. Right. Everybody does. Because you just said, you said, I live, you know, I'm I'm known for partying and shit like that. But my closest friend in comedy is Sean McDonough. And the motherfucker's been sober for right. almost six years. I told a party story the other day, figured out he was at the same party. And we actually partied together before. And right. I've known him for like three, four years now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask. Uh, I hope this isn't. Uh, oh, you can ask whatever you want, Rich. How old are you? I'm 33. 33. Okay, I just turned 27. Uh, I was just curious. When did you start doing comedy, like officially? I think like I want to say my birthday, like four years ago. I went up uh-huh. the first time, and then I started going to the city on weekends a lot, a lot. And so I'd say about four years, but you figure this year I've been up twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seattle, I was only getting up a couple times a month. Um, their scene is really fucking weird out there. Um, that city as a whole is weird, though, to be fair. But, um, what city? Seattle. I was Seattle. living out there for a year. I've heard, I've heard mixed things about it. Like, Seattle, to me, is such an interesting thing because it seems like i'm just assuming that it's a much nicer it feels like it would be a much nicer place to do comedy which i don't mean that in a necessarily like good way it seems like you know i don't know if it's stereotype but it just seems like they would be more sensitive of the people oh uh, well yeah if, if you're looking as far as pc's concerned yeah, all right yeah, so i went yeah. to one i went to one place there and they gave you a list of words you couldn't say yeah yeah that's like like the fucking me, gypsy was on yeah, it. Yeah, like gypsy. Like the I'm word gypsy. Super, like I'm a super woke person, but it's not that. Like to me, I always think like the comedy it always comes down to intent. And to me, I think like most people when they do comedy are not doing it to be spiteful or be mean or have any type of bad intention. So to also limit stuff like that is just. To, I always think like even me, I'd have a hard time doing comedy there because even i have certain words like in my vocabulary that i say and it's like you know it's a uh, but it wasn't even just that that pc thing i was touching on that because you said it was um yeah 
you know, you thought it would be that. It's really a business thing out there. So, like, um, you got comedy clubs in Spokane, which is, like, seven hours away on the border of Idaho. And you got comedy clubs in Tacoma, which is about 30 minutes south of Seattle. And all the touring comics go to Tacoma and Spokane and skip Seattle. I was like, right. what the fuck? I thought Seattle was a good comedy uh, city. Doug Stanhope was out there. Joey right. Diaz was out there. They're, they're, um, the, the, it's just the club owners out there had like a bad reputation as far as like how they do business. Like they don't want to be, they, they don't want to be like, they don't want to deal with them. Like the, the, the home of Seattle comedy was the Seattle comedy underground. And that's where Diaz was and Stanhope was and shit like that. Apparently somebody died and switched hands, place turned in a shithole. Nobody wants to be there anymore. So there's not these regional comics coming up or national comics coming up who are bringing in revenue and capital. So how are we yeah. going to break new comics and keep the doors open? How can we create an environment where, we, where we're honing creativity if there's no fucking money coming in at all? And then we're pressing everybody. We're doing fucking bringer mics where people are paying to go on mics and stuff. Why? Because we have no fucking money. Because touring artists aren't coming here anymore. Yeah. So, and that kind of crippled the scene. That's why I'm looking forward to uh, reading Angelo's book to see his thoughts on oh, yeah. the construction of a scene. Because it's more than just the willing participants in the scene. The stars got online. Right. Like, the Jersey Shore comedy scene ultimately boils down to one man. And that's, or two men, rather. It's Greg McAlino and Jimmy, the two guys who own the Brighton. Because right. if, if they didn't open up their joint to us, it would, where would it be? A coffee shop? The library? Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't got the same feel. You know, the fact that you got yeah. staged with professional, professional lighting, professional sound, that you, you got a bar, it's, it's, it's important. And oh, yeah. It's I funny. think that's what was leaking, uh, lacking out there, rather. The fact that, you know, you got a place for creatives, a hub for creatives to come to. That's the cool thing about, you know, with comedy that's so interesting to me is there's really, like, it's changed so much, but, like, that, the, like, the transformation from, like, a a regular, like, open mic comic to, like, a regular touring person. Uh, do you know uh, Danny Braff? Yeah, I know Danny. Yeah, I've done stuff with great. Danny. Like, he, him and Elzar, they, they are sort of, like, showing me that, like, it's possible, like, you know. What's the cool thing about like COVID and everything is I realized that like there's no hierarchy really. Like comedians just wanna be comedians. Comedians just wanna perform. Like, you know, if you have, you know, a regular show coming up, like any type of comedian will wanna be on it. Like they don't care. Like Well then that's the thing, like I and big ups to both uh Danny, who's like the king of fucking uh mid-level yeah. production like i took i was producing for a while i took my hat out the ring oh really covid oh when it came to covid i haven't i haven't produced the show i canceled right. the last show at drum um last march the fucking danny just kept pumping and the amount of work and hurdles that he had to jump through i don't even know them and, like had the opportunity right. to speak to him about them but i can only imagine because i tried to organize a couple things and i was just like you know what it's not even worth the effort to me right now. But the fact right. that Danny's done it this whole time, flourished, grown. He fucking they, um Diaz was talking about him on his pod. Like yeah, the, the it's fact like that crazy. It's, but it's, like crazy it's a product of his like... work though and his vision. Like and that's why, like Danny, like fucking all all he's done is it's it's quite admirable to me because 
I know what it takes to put on those events. Yeah. And, and it's, you, so, it's so cool to be around when that happens. Like, to at least be, like, one of those people, you sort of feel like, it's like you feel like you're in a movie, like you're one of, like, the, the people. Like, even though it's someone else's story, like Danny, it's like, I know that dude. Like, I did mics with him. When exactly it's, like, it's, it's, it's cool because it, it, like it, like i said it all came from his work but you know what fucking danny braff becomes this comic right he becomes yeah. this household name comic and be like oh it's one time i was hanging out i was walking in the stress factory drunk to go see damon waynes and i saw danny hanging in the back where all the comics hanging i was like danny i got an extra ticket come watch the show with us Right. You never know. That might be a drunken story about how I hung out with the illustrious Danny Braff, you know? And it's just yeah. cool to have those moments with people. But nonetheless, it's fucking admirable that, you know, he's pulling off in two states. He went to Florida. And you can make calls and call producers and other, like, it's just about doing the work. Right. And you can't go up there and fucking, you can't go up there and be throwing bombs left and right neither. Oh, yeah. You got to You got to bring it. Yeah. But in, in doing comedy, I've done comedy in four states and five states now. It's it's different. It's it's that different. Is, People have different sensibilities. So <laughs> you know, to me, I get so envious of that. Like to me, it's always so funny. I I I always say like I don't have a negative envy thing, but I definitely have an envy thing of like I look at like what Danny is doing and stuff, and I'm like, I really would love to be doing that. But, but you could, Rich. It's awesome. But like, <laughs> that's you could be. That's that's the thing. Yeah. You could be. It just takes the balls. You gotta get on the fold. You gotta not be scared to get turned down. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta not be the scared thing, to fail. I do a yeah. show with Giannis Papas and lost a shit ton of money. Oh and, my you, God. and you also gotta realize, and it wasn't because of him or anything like that, but you right. also have to realize that <laughs> people aren't always gonna like you. Especially yeah. when you come into the production and business end, someone's always gonna be upset. There's gonna be people who are gonna like vilify you and think that you made a million dollars off something. You know, right. there's probably people who feel that way about Danny, but don't know the work and anything yeah. that sure. goes into it. So what I'm saying is, Rich, you can go get your, you, just like you threw your roast, you know, you can get on a horn, you know people, you know, like right. you, anybody, there's nothing stopping anybody from doing what Danny's doing. Danny yeah, just had sure. the balls to get up and do it. This so I, I want to go back to what you said. What are the four places that you did? Uh, uh, I've done it. In, so New York, New Jersey. New York, New Jersey. Uh, Louisiana, Florida, Louisiana. and Washington. Yeah, I did a black room in Baton Rouge. Shout out to Smokey oh, Suarez. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my mom lives down there. It's the fucking hood down there. But yeah, um, we I was all we were actually uh, tripping mushrooms on Bourbon Street and. Uh, Ended up talking to this dude, and he said he was a musician. I was like, I'm looking for, like, open mics and stuff like that. I do comedy. And he put me online with this guy, uh, Smokey Suarez. He tours the South and stuff like that. He's a little bit established. but um, Yeah, I, looked, I, I saw, I heard his name recently, and I looked him up. He seemed like, you know, he seemed to be, like, a name. I was like, oh, that's cool. People doing fucking nice guy. Nice guy. Yeah, so nice. do this room in some, I want to say it was a fucking Thai restaurant or something like that. I don't know. It was it was awesome. I was the only white dude in the room. Amazing time. Smokey Suarez. Shout out to that guy. And Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. My favorite right. place to, that I ever did comedy though was the old stand in the basement. Was my favorite oh, really? place. Yeah, I've heard that. Was my was absolutely my favorite place. Yeah, I mean, to me, what's like 
it, it kind of sucks with COVID. Like with me, it was just, it's always finding that big thing. Like to me, it was like, you know, like, I was like, when this whole, like, I was seriously thinking like, you know, I'm going to be 30 soon. My main goal was to, uh, this was before COVID was, I'm going to go to New York and I'm just getting an audition for clubs and finally and just be able to do more stuff. Cause that's all that I want to do. Like I love doing open mics and stuff. And I'll always do open mics, but like, you just want to get to that next step forward. And it's always so cool to just see people like, like we said, like Danny and like all those people, like they actually show this possible to do, to do that. You know, um, you know, Matt Dittus. Sorry, what? Do you know Matt Dittus? Matt Dittus? Yes, I know. All right. So Matt, Matt Dittus is is a friend of mine. I knew him before comedy and shit, but before both of us did comedy, um, I used to meet up with him in the city, but what Matt did before you try to get like past at these like landmark clubs and shit like that, just throw your hat in something weird. He went to fucking Pittsburgh and auditioned for a comedy oh, club wow. out there and got passed. That's oh, really? the first place that. he can call in spots. That's like a paramount moment in like a comics development. Like yeah. you don't gotta go to fucking oh my dream. I want to go to the cellar and fucking audition. It's like all right, right. and uh, people who can't dribble with their left hand want to play at Madison Square Garden. You right, know, but maybe if you go to the Rucker first, which is a basketball court, maybe right. maybe you can go there and keep working your game. Exactly. Um, yeah. So like I've, I've I've I went and had fucking fire sets when I thought it was amazing, and then I've been up there and been like, what the fuck am I doing up here? So like right. I know I'm of a certain, I I need repetition and development for a few more years, but I will go as far to say this, um, coming like from a place where I've only been on stage twice this year, and both sets went fucking phenomenal. I think you were there for both of them. But um, there's the, the time, like the years, the comfort, like just just yeah. doing it for so long, it, like it just makes that difference. Right. You know? Like, to me, it's, it's kind of hard because, like, I, I started in uh, 2015, in July 2015. And, like, you look at other comics, like, the most common... Like, I know you're a big comedy nerd, too, which was surprising to me how much you were into. I want to get into that, too. But, like, when you look at most, like, famous comedians now, like, six, seven years, that's, like, when they break. Yeah, they say eight is the rule. Eight, or it's a common number. They say, yeah. And it's, like, to me, I'm, like, I'm coming up on six years of this. And it's, like, I don't know. Like, you just take that, like, you have that thing. And it's always going to happen in any type of thing you pursue. Where it's like, I didn't know if this is going to pop yet. Or, like, if I'm there yet. You know, that was the thing that sucked about COVID was, like, I was getting on all these, you know, I had shows that were, you know, coming up. And I had, you know, all these mics and stuff. And then COVID happened. It was like, shit. Now now it's back to square one. And it's still sketchy, dude, to get up there. Like, I'm not even trying to talk shit about nobody. But, look, the fact that motherfuckers get on that stage and share a mic. With no mask on, it's fucking crazy. Oh yeah, that sure. is fucking crazy. <laughs> it is, and it really shows you that people like want to do this. Like the thing that it reminds me of is when I hear uh, like a lot of comedians that talk about uh, around the time of nine eleven, like after that happened, and they kept doing mics and shows and stuff. 
And it was like, you know, life just goes on. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, people need it. You know, when it comes to 9 11, since you brought it up, y'all motherfuckers just need to retire them 9 11 jokes. They're fucking Um, tired. They've been tired for years. That's funny. To me, I always always feel like 9 11 is, I always say that's like, uh, it's the best and worst year of for comedy because if you go on social media like Facebook, you see like 90% of the jokes are terrible. And then you'll get like one that's fine. <laughs> you'll be like, that's funny. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, when like, it comes to, I feel like it's, come out of the woodwork. I feel like it's people trying to be like passively aggressive, uh, edgy. All right, so you yeah. you talked about Patrice before. You said I remind reminded you of to a certain extent, yeah, which yeah. is a huge compliment. I appreciate that. And at the bottom, at the end of the day, people love Patrice because Patrice said what he fucking wanted, no matter yeah. how you felt about it. And right. Th- that's it. You know, where you have people who want to like portray as edgy instead of just being them fucking selves. I don't know. Maybe you're a fucking weirdo and you like to choose your uh, chew your fucking toenails off while you sit on your bedroom floor. That's edgy to me. You don't gotta go talk about people fucking jumping out of fucking the World yeah. Trade Center. You know, there's enough fucking edgy, weird, fucking crazy shit about each and every single one of us that you don't gotta revert to the same fucking yeah. thing that happened 20 years ago. And yeah. the same thing goes to COVID because there's comics when this first started because I lived with a couple who were just like, "Yo, once the shit's over." The motherfuckers making COVID jokes. That shit's just a no-go. It's just right. a no-no. To me, it always feels like you don't make... Like, to me, with the COVID thing, to me, that just feels like an overused type of thing. Like, to me, I feel like it's the same thing when when Donald Trump became president. I got so angry whenever I saw people do Trump jokes. Because I'm like, this is the easiest... Yeah, I was just thinking the same. There. I was just thinking the same thing. Like, it doesn't right. mean I don't have opinion on him, or I don't find him funny, or things that happen funny. Right. It's, just, it's just too much close to the to the. Uh, it's low hanging fruit, like, dude. It's the headline. I want to hear the weird the weird news on page eight. I don't want to look at right, the, exactly. the same headline by everybody. You know, so yeah. you know, and not to say all Trump jokes are terrible, because you know I'm of the train of thought. I fucking miss Trump because that motherfucker was a content machine. Oh, they, yeah. need, they need to let him back on television somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we got the statue last week in a speech, but I, mean, I think it's Michael Che who says that. He's like, I'll miss this motherfucker, man. I think right. Michael Che said that Michael Che matters. He's like, I fucking think I want Trump to be my best friend. I think he's an awesome guy. Just don't want him to be the president. He's like, right. think about it. Who would you rather hang out with, Barack Obama or Donald fucking Trump? Who do you want to be your best friend? You're going to go try to do some wild shit to a bitch, and Barack's going to be like, oh, no, no, no. we got to respect the women. And Trump's going to be sitting there like, stick your hands in her pussy. Like, like who would you rather hang out right. with? So, but to, to go back to, like, I, t- I try to stay away from a lot of topicals, too. Yeah, me too. I, I always feel like such a shitty comps that I hate. I hate doing certain material that I love watching other people do. Like, like I wish I was a better observational like comedian, but it's like I can't do like jokes about like random stuff like refrigerators and lamps. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like I wish I could just. I, I'm in these writing groups online, and I barely contribute. I should leave them because I hate them because I can't do that. Like, take a random word and make a joke out of it. Yeah, it's like it did, well, that's different strokes for different folks. Is like to me, my my whole thing, how I get jokes is I have insomnia. So I've had insomnia for like 10 years now. And basically what happens is I'll just like get something in the middle of the night and then it's like, 
I'll be playing video games, listening to a podcast or whatever, and something random will come to my head, and it's like, Eureka, that's how I get my joke. Yo, so I, I get it, Rich. Like, I can't. I can't be like, oh, someone says a word, and I have to write a joke about that. I can't do that. <laughs> it's like, I I get that. One of my I'm fucking like a twelve year old. One of my walls is a fucking chalkboard, and it's just fucking taglines. Oh, that's and crazy. fucking stories and uh, dicks that my roommate drew, of course, <laughs> because anything else. Yeah. But um, yeah, I used to be in writing groups and shit like that because I came from poetry originally. And I used oh, to really? do, I used to, yeah, I got published when I was 15. I used to do slam poetry, like oration oh, has always cool. been a big point of my life. And then, um, that's why I always tell people, why'd you start doing comedy? Cause nobody wants to be a 30 year old white rapper, but, um, <laughs> right. it's, it started with poetry. It started with, it, it started with short stories actually. And I went into poetry. So I've been in these different writing workshops where you, you have different prompts and writing techniques. But when it comes to this, like everybody has, there is no right way to do it. That's why I kind of laugh at the notion of like how to comedy books. Oh yeah. I have a very like, you know, I have, I'm such an asshole about those things. Like to people, like, I don't think like, I think with people who I, I have a friend who I'm going to have on the podcast too. And they're not really respected that much as like me, but they take, they take all these classes. That's their main thing. It's like, they take all these classes from these different Convenience. And to me, I'm like, I don't think you can learn comedy. That and dude, dude, that think, and most of the time, the people teaching them classes things. are on the same level as you. If you're getting a, if you're getting a stand-up 101 and it's an in-depth thing from somebody like um, Rich Voss or you know yeah. Attell or somebody like that, that's one thing. If yeah, you're going yeah. to Joey to jerk off at the Laughing right. Buddha open mic, it's that. essentially a fucking scam. Yeah. And to me, like, the only good thing I've heard about it is, like, if you go for, like, the one thing that I can be fine with if someone does, if they go to one. Because I've heard people say good things. Like, like they teach you, like, certain, like, many things that aren't even stand-up. It's just, like, how to hold a microphone. How to, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think you learn it all from throwing yourself in the fire. Me too. Like, like that's what I like about stand-up is, that's the cool thing about it is it's the, it's the. It's the journey yourself that you're taking. That's what I love about it. I love, you know, making it there on your own because that really feels like you, like when you're getting better, you can tell. Like you can tell, like oh, this is good. Like, like to me, what what's so interesting is when I was, um, before I did comedy, like I had no idea what I wanted to do. But the main thing that like the excuse that I came up with was like I want to write like scripts. I want to write like television and for me whenever i wrote, did creative writing or whatever i would always get annoyed my teachers so much and me because i would just like scrap everything like i would come up with a new idea like every other month and be like okay i'm not gonna work on that anymore i'm gonna work on this well that's, that's why i could never comedy. do a fucking novel yeah exactly that's like that for comedy because i can just i can do that with jokes it's like okay i can always write a new joke I can always. You always just bend the same bits, like try them in different order, like right. add something. I go one word can change a joke from being a big hitter to a fucking bomb. Oh dude. yeah, for sure. So like I just joke about uh, my girl. I asked her what was the weirdest thing that happened to her in Florida because she's fit and stuff like that, and she yeah. said uh, she had somebody approach to her when she was a waitress, asking her if she could do. Uh, Karate. Oh, can you teach me karate? Can you come to my house and do it in the nude? 
and I asked her why she didn't do it. She said that's because she didn't know because she didn't know how she didn't know karate. Well, at first I said, <laughs> why did you say no? And she said, well, what if he uh, uh, raped me? I said rape at first. Right. And I said, well, if you knew karate, that wouldn't be a fucking problem then. Right. I switched the word from rape to kidnap, and it went right. from people looking dis like. And, and rape is a very strong word, so that may, right. may might right. have not been the perfect example right there because no, people are going to be like, yeah. of course. But changing that one word, like, it turned it from uh, you know a gut wrenching thing to something people found fun. Yeah, that stuff is always so interesting to me. Is like when I was you know figuring out like my set and stuff like. To me, what's interesting is how how you realize how you learn timing. Like, like you realize, like, oh, this joke that I wrote, I thought it was five minutes long, but it's actually two minutes long, and it's like, yeah, it's like crazy. <laughs> well, I'm spoiled because I do stories, you know, yeah, and you do stories, which is very, very like, I always envy people who are able to do that because I've done it a little bit, but like to me, I just I don't know how people. I think it's a really like. I think it's an art to it that, you know, a lot of people don't realize. Like, one of my favorite comedians, I don't know if you're a fan of him, is uh, Kyle Kinane. Not familiar with him, to be honest. Well, if you look him up, he does stories. Like, that's his main, like, thing. And it's just, like, it's it's crazy just to be able to add stuff. And he's like, he doesn't consider himself a storyteller. He just says that he just adds you know, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, so it'll start with a morsel of truth. Like it'll start with a real story. Got to keep adding it. And it's like, and then it's kind of cheating to be honest with you, but you can have a fire ass story. That's 12, 13 minutes long. Right. And if that punch you got at the end, doesn't, isn't as fantastic as the buildup you've been doing the whole time, you're going to fall flat. I've told stories that I got laughs throughout was lacking in the punch department. Yeah. And then I I was having a great set and I should just fucking close them hard as shit and it was just like oh well that's the end of the story. You know like <laughs> so it's it's just different styles of writing. Like it's different styles of it's yeah people talk different. People like different fucking things. People like different music. Like so naturally oh, yeah. when you're projecting, you know, what are essentially your thoughts your idioms, you know, right. your morals, your ethics, like when you're projecting those things, your observations, when you're projecting those things, they're going to be a product of the things all fucking put together. It's like a big stew. And now you're trying yeah. to give somebody else a bowl of it. Maybe they're going to think it tastes like shit. Like right. Jim Gaffigan is widely regarded as a top 10, 20 comedian of all time. Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch fucking paint dry than watch oh, a Jim Gaffigan special. Oh, that's so funny. I like it, but I, I, I can understand that. I can totally. But I can appreciate that. him and say it's good and like right. without. No, I understand that too. Like to me, uh, there's two people now that uh, I wish that I liked because I hear so many good things about them. And I watch them and it's like, it's not that they're not funny. It's just that they physically don't get any type of reaction out of me. They're not funny to you, and that's not funny a crime, to you know? Like, to me, what's, what's interesting is, like, those two guys are Tim Dillon. I like Tim Dillon. Like, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, 
the YouTube guy, Andrew Schultz. You don't like Schultz? No, like oh. I tried to get into him. Dude, you didn't see the video of him at stress? Like, yeah, it's funny, but. At the stress factory, he caught the waiter taking a shit and called him out. <laughs> and put it, oh, it was hilarious. Oh, I, I like, so. but like I said, I like watching sports and I'm going to watch the fights tonight. That's not even on your radar. You know what I mean? You're going to go. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, Adesanya's fighting tonight. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like. I know a little bit. <laughs> well, that, but that's what I'm saying. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's right. just people different walks of life. Yeah, people like, different things. Yeah. Yeah, like so. There, there's, there's flat out like, all right. So everybody loves Burke. I love the machine story. I thought oh, it was Oh, yeah. Me too. I hated his last couple specials. What's up, oh, Dolly? Really? I went and saw him at a drive-in show this summer. I fucking hated it. Oh. Well, th- th- that was for a couple reasons, though. I, right. I, I would, I would spend money to go see Bert and get a second shot at it again, because right. it was in the drive-through. So you're in a parking lot. It's right. over a PA. Sorry, I'm getting ice. I'm refreshing my drink. No, it's okay. It's cool. I got a bunch of little puppies down here too. We got a pregnant dog here and her mother right uh, here. Generations. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so you're sitting at – he's on it on the stage, and there's two uh, big uh, Teletrons or whatever. It's in the parking right. lot of Monmouth Park Racetrack, and you can turn it on your car radio like a car hop used to do, like a drive-in used to do. So it's hot outside. People right. got it on blast with their windows open. You right. can barely hear them, and then everybody's car radio is on delay. Right. So you're struggling to hear it the first time, and then you're hearing it on blast the second time, and it was right. just so hard to follow, and I hated it. Hated he has it. One, he has one joke that uh, – I have this playlist on Spotify of you know these jokes that I like and all these like different bits that I love, and uh, one of them is from him, and he has this bit about how – when he was in, uh, he grew up in, I think, Florida, and he went to Disney World on uh, on acid with his friends. And he has this joke about how, like, they went on uh, the Peter Pan ride, and, like, they got kicked off. Okay. And it's one of the most funniest bits ever. Just him talking about, like, his two friends. Yeah, no, I... I... Like, it's just, it's, it's just crazy, like, things that are, like, I like him a little bit, like, some of this stuff. It's so funny that you actually mentioned the Jim Gaffigan thing, because I actually saw him. He did the track, too. Did you go to the show at the track? Uh, no, but I saw Jim Gaffigan years ago, and that was the worst. That was one of the worst shows I ever saw, which was really disappointing, because they were like. Yeah, I, he's right up your fucking alley. Like, like I, I like him. I've gone back and forth on stuff with him. Like, what I like about him is his. He's also an actor. So, like, one thing that you get with him is he, he has a lot of acting type of things into his, into his stand-up. Okay. that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're sense. saying there, yeah. So, like, you know, he does, like, certain type of, like, different voices and stuff. So, like, to me, that's a huge thing. Like, to me, it's always so cool. You mentioned uh, uh, Doug Stanhope. I was listening to him. Recently, he just did Diaz's podcast. Like I was listening to his stand-up, like going through all of it, and he did the same thing that uh, um, he reminds me of Bill Hicks in a way of like where he had to go to the other countries because people just didn't 
Get it. Oh, yeah. Well, Doug Stanhope. Let me tell you. First of all, are, do you, are you a reader? No, not as much as I want uh, to be. Uh, well, I, I yeah. was going to say, next time I go over to the B, I got his memoir, and I'll let you borrow it and read it. If you oh, want. okay. Yeah, sure. It's, I like memoirs. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a light read, man. And actually, one yeah. of the best photos in it, he was talking about it. The book got printed right as Louis was getting canceled. Uh, and there's a picture in the book, the middle, there's like a couple photos and shit. Yeah. There's Doug whipping out his dick and Louie's in the fucking picture. But, and uh, it came out while Louie was getting canceled. Uh, but I gotta let you borrow. The thing about Stanhope is the thing about Attell, too. Attell doesn't do pods. Attell doesn't do radio. No, I, he just goes in town and he sells tickets. I listened to his album. He only came up with one. I listened to it recently. And he is just like which on one? Whole another level, just like which one? It's a who a teller, a teller, a teller, Stanhope. A teller. I listened to his uh, only album that he has, and it's it's fucking great. It's just like you know that was Comedy Central, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was just he was just fucking like the bumping mics was fire. Jokes, he just goes like I was talking to uh, I had Joey B on last week, and he. Uh, talks about how like he just takes like every dimension of a joke it's like and all he, he wants everything he can he spent 20 years fucking drinking and doing comedy every night and he spent the last 20 not drinking and smoking cigarettes and doing comedy every yeah. night and everything i hear about him he seems like you know he's always doing really well and, i've uh, i've never met him i've never seen him live i heard he is the nicest dude in the world that's good uh Speaking of memoirs, did you uh do you have um I have Ralphie May's book? Maybe we could trade. Have you? Read I have Ralphie not May? read Ralphie's book, and I would love to read. I would love to read Ralphie's book because Doug Stanhope what, was. What's great about Ralphie is like it extends on like stories like you know um how we talked about Rusty. Yeah. The uh-huh. kid. He has a bunch of more stories of him like that are way more in depth. Like, dude, Stanhope told a story about Ralphie the other day. Um, said Ralph. Um, <clears throat> You know, Stanhope uh, aided his mother in suicide. That's what Beer Hall, whatever, is about. That one special. Oh, really? He, uh, fucking Ralphie caught Doug jerking off. Uh, Ralphie caught Doug's mom jerking off one of her cats. And it's a <laughs> fucking hilarious story. Listen to Stanhope just did Diaz's podcast last week. Right. It's fucking hilarious. But listen, I know we're talking about comics and shit right now. And I've been wanting yeah. to ask you this because you're always you're, you're a staunch critic, right? I got two yeah. comics hanging on my wall. Oh, sure. I got uh, I got a portrait of George Carlin and I got a portrait of Dave Chappelle. You are not a huge fan of Dave Chappelle. Why? No. Why? I feel like he goes, and you know what? To me, it's always unfair because I feel like with him, it's a difference of viewpoint than it is, you know, being funny. And I have to look at it that way. And I have to. What do you mean viewpoint? He's, he's a fifty-year-old black dude. Exactly. Like, that's the way that I have to remind myself is like, you know, it's the same thing with Bill Burr. Like, I love Bill Burr. I used to love Burr. Like, he was one of my favorites. Like, but I have this opinion on him that's, you know, kind of controversial is I don't think he's had a good special in like 12 You're years. You're wilding, dude. You're bugging out. I saw him at the track, I think, too. I seen him at the track. I think he's gotten, you know, I think he's, I think he's amazing at the other stuff that he's done, like the acting, he's F is for family is phenomenal, phenomenal, and I don't even like cartoons. Did you see the, the Pete Davidson movie? Yeah, great. Uh, was, uh, he, was in, he and, did good. And what I like about him is he was in 
he built his way up through acting. Like he was in. Uh, he was one of the writers on the Chappelle Show. Right. Too. I know that too. Like I know the Chappelle Show. I love the Chappelle Show. But like, to me, like with Chappelle, I just I feel like certain material just feels. Well, it's like not going to resonate with you. But it's not going to resonate. So and that's so, the way that I always have to. Admit so and this is my rebuttal to you regarding Dave Chappelle. You you gave me your Chappelle. Now I'll give you my Chappelle. Yeah. I say this to uh, I'm in I'm in a black group chat where I'm the token white guy yeah. in the group chat, and um, we all come from um, like we all our common bond is that we all went we were incarcerated and then went to college, right? And I'm talking about there's somebody in this group chat who's a professor at Princeton. We got engineers. We got a guy who's still in the streets doing his thing, whatever. But we talk about you know that's where I base a lot of my wokeness for the lack of better words we talk right, about right. societal issues you know social commentary this is my thing about Dave Chappelle this is exactly what I tell them so remember the special he put just on YouTube is eight four five or whatever however long yeah, yeah. the cop was on George Floyd's neck yeah I liken Dave Chappelle to a superhero and Dave Chappelle's superpower is he's a black face that can get white folks to shut up and listen. Oh, yeah. So sometimes I think that Dave puts out things that me or you might already be conscious of or feel like, oh, you're just beating a dead issue or something like that, where he's, I think he's bestowing upon the mess, uh, the masses a message of, hey, this is what the fuck's going on. Just like when right, right afterwards he said, boycott fucking Netflix. Boycott XYZ. Right. Netflix gave him his money. Guess what? The right. motherfucker got paid. Right. The motherfucker got paid. So that what I say about Chappelle is I think Chappelle's this generation's greatest order. And now that I, he I has like 40 years in the comedy, he's kind of wearing his George Carlin hat. Where right. George Carlin at times, it wasn't laughs per minute and setups no, uh, and punchlines. It was social commentary, stream of consciousness. That's the one thing. Yeah, of course. And uh, that's the funny thing about Carlin that I think I love about Carlin is that he had that, that thing at the end with him. But the one thing that I think that I don't want people to forget in the same thing with Chappelle is that these guys, they all have other things, too, that they did. Like, he had the Chappelle show. Killing Them Softly is one of the best, you know. When I talk about Bill Burr, I think this, the thing to me is like, it's also the age thing. Like, I love uh, um, his 2008... Uh, You're talking Burr uh, with hair? Yeah, yeah. His 2008 special, uh, what I love doing, one of, my, one of my hobbies is, if you go on YouTube, there's a handful of YouTubers who react to different stand-up videos, and like, Tom Segura is a popular one with like Black Reactors, Bill Burr, and like I love listening to his material from back then and seeing like people react to it and like it sort of helps you with your company because you realize like what people, what hits with certain people. But like with Burr, it's like it's so frustrating to me because everyone like says how great he is. And to me, I'm just like, oh. I don't know, Dweck. Like, I saw too him. Too old for me. I, I, <laughs> saw, I saw him uh, last year at the track. It wasn't a drive-in, though. You had, yeah. You had to buy a table. Yeah. And yeah. when I tell you, 
it was the best show I've ever been to in my life. It was one of those where I couldn't even remember what he said because I was pissing myself the whole time. You know what? You know what's funny is I probably wouldn't. You know what? I wouldn't turn down going and see, going to see him at all. But like, you have different sensibilities than me. You know, you have different sensibilities than Bill Burr. Right. One of my favorite things is when people call Bill Burr racist and don't realize no, don't he... that his wife's black. <laughs> his wife's... Yeah. <laughs> to me, what's always so interesting to me about him is he he has he's self what I love about Bill Burr is he's self aware of like what he is and that's what makes his comedy so great is like i remember reading like reviews from people and like the really like people that i hate that like super pc that they listen to they watched the uh they watched the commercial for his special i saw this one review of his last special paper tiger this person this lady that wrote the review i hate people who review uh trailers uh, comedy that aren't comedians yeah. because they just annoy the hell out of me but she said a funny thing that was like she watched the commercial for it before she watched the special and she hated what he said in the commercial but when she watched what he actually said in the joke like that wasn't shown in the commercial like she liked it better like she was mad that like the commercial was deceiving and it's like to me I just think that's always things like you have to give them a chance. That's what I love about Burr. It's just like he's honest, and he's a guy like he's friends with Patrice. That's like, what I was just gonna say. You got to remember the influencers of... he had around him, which is that Boston Comedy Club in the city yeah. and, and Patrice. Like, to me, like I can totally understand. Like to me, one of my <laughs> I have a lot of like favorite bits of his. Uh, one of them is uh, it's so funny. He talks about. Uh, the movie um, where like black and white people get along. What? Like, he talks about that movie. Like you know that movie that came out. Uh, I forget what it's called. But it was like the woman that goes into the white woman that goes and becomes a teacher. Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer and Coolio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. know what you, I know what bit you're talking about. Yeah. Now. So he talks about that and how like it's such like a bullshit movie. And the thing that always like is so annoying to me is that that special came out a year before The Blind Side yeah. came out. And if he had seen the blind side, that bit would have been. Yeah, yeah, because that that movie was also like fucking 13 years old in a Coolio vehicle on top of it. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I got got a couple more comics to pick fucking bones. I'm going to pick your mind about this because you are a staunch critic and I I, I need some answers. I'm I'm here for answers, Richard Dweck. What is your problem with Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy? He has never physically made you that. Oh, you are fucking crazy, dude. Raw and delirious comedy doesn't age well. Both those specials. No, no, not even that. It's like I listen to everything of his, and it always is from a technical standpoint that I admire it, but it doesn't get the physical. Really? His his fucking his his impressions are on point. His jokes. Like, like this is me listening to, to Eddie Murphy the entire time. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. But no, haha, no noise comes out. No, dude, I don't. What about his movies? All right, if you had to rate. His movies are not a thing. I like his movies. His movies. I've been trying to watch Coming to America 2 since last night, and my internet was fucking up, and I almost threw my Xbox controller through the television. His movies, what's so annoying about that is. All the like kid movies that he did were just terrible. Well, that's the thing. He said he wanted to do rated R once he started having kids. Like, 
Did you see Dolomite? Dolomite is awesome. I was fucking coming to America in Harlem Nights and Trading Places are three of the best movies ever made. Oh great! Yeah, Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights. He wrote and directed. It's like he's never physically made me like naturally laugh, and it makes me upset because I'm like, he should make me laugh. Like it's a, it's an involuntary noise that should come out when you watch someone. (laughs) But to me, I just gotta get too technical with it, and I'm like, oh, it's funny, but you know, it hasn't. You know, no. Brighton. So we were talking Stanhope and Attell. So who else? We were talking Stanhope and Attell not too long ago, right? Yeah. And I wanted to talk about um, another person and uh, give you a little tidbit and see what your response to it is, right? Oh. Sure. So we all know who Tony Hinchcliffe is. He's a regular at the comedy store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He created Kill Tony. He's wildly popular, you would think, right? Have yeah. you ever noticed he doesn't come up here? Oh, really? Do you know why he doesn't come up here? Why? Because he doesn't sell tickets for some reason. Despite the fact that he's wildly popular. You know who he is. I know who he is. He's the golden pony. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that he... uh, Why don't you think somebody like him could sell tickets like that? Somebody of his ilk, of of his stature, who is passed at the comedy store... Can't sell enough tickets to go do the stress in New Jersey. You know what I think with him is? Uh, this is my theory on him. Is his special, He took a special off of Netflix because it didn't do well. But he has an album and it's great. I think with him is he's of a style of comedian that's too hard to, uh, to be the one. Like to be the one that you're recognized as. He's always going to be recognized as, oh... Anthony Jeselnik does that shit better. Oh, so you'll he'll be the face in the crowd and not the right. Like, like he's the second. Like, he's like, oh, you know, if if someone wants to go see Anthony Jeselnik, do you like Jeselnik? And he's sold. He's yeah, one of my favorites. And he's sold out, and he's sold out. But you see, Tony Hinchcliffe is available. It's like, oh, I'll go see him. It's the same thing. Oh, are you there? Hello? I think I got cut off. Uh, I'm... Hey, what's Sorry up, Rich? That. Don't worry, nah, it's saved. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. I do, I'm trying to... I, I expect to call in a little bit. I just texted oh, the person, okay. told them to call my work phone um, oh, if okay. they need me. So, I, whatever. So, yeah. All right. Um, I forget what exactly we were talking about. So, Jesselneck, you're okay with yeah, yeah, I love Who that. else? Let me, let me, I, you know what? I'm about to look up on your Facebook because you came out with a list. And I, do you like Jim Jeffries? Yes, yes, I do. Like him a lot. So, oh, shit. I can't. Let's see. You're not like a Richard Dwight. <laughs> Comedians, I hate it. I saw that list and I was like, what the fuck is Rich talking about? <laughs> Probably not going to find it. Oh, I don't know if you'll find it. I don't know if they still have it up. Did I delete it? Maybe I did. <laughs> Either way, but, um, either way. So if you had the the other ones that I dislike, uh, okay, Kathy Griffin, I don't like. Oh, her. I fucking hate that cunt. <laughs> She's not funny. Um, no. Who's another person? That I can don't just of? say women, Rich. Don't cancel that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, women comics. So who's your favorite woman comic? Woman comic? Uh, there's a ton, but recently someone that I uh, I kicked myself for not listening to earlier is uh judy gold uh she still goes she still 
has stuff today that's like great. She's I'm not too familiar with her work, to be honest. She's like, with you. Her main thing, and she'll say this herself, is like loud Jewish woman. Like basically I can get down with that. I like Joan Rivers. She was like, Jewish, right? Like, You're no, in the tribe. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Love Joan Rivers. <laughs> but like, yeah, so it's like, but her uh um Am I the first one smoking pot on your podcast? No. <laughs> Probably not. All right. No, no, because I pride myself at first. I was the first one and the last one to take a piss live on Bow House Meets. But... You probably are, actually. <laughs> you're the first one to expose it, to expose that. <laughs> well, you can hear the fucking bubbles, so. Um... I have people who... Uh... I have people who partake on my it'll probably it'll probably it'll probably help you with your insomnia rich for me i I've smoked weed uh before uh five times in my life and <laughs> it's not it's for like, you it's never uh I don't hate it but I don't like to me it's just never been I'm already an anxiety person so like oh it just it ramps it up on you that. Yeah, if I if I smoke and drink coffee, it's a fucking dangerous game. <laughs> it can it can turn into anxiety attack. You want to talk about coffee? I have like four cups a day. That's like my. <laughs> oh, yo, Rich, you would love Seattle though, and I'm gonna jump back oh, yeah. to Lady Comics comment. You know why? So there isn't a strip mall that exists in the greater Washington State area that doesn't have a little espresso shack in the fucking parking lot. It's a little like That's ten great. by six little shed and there's two windows there's one on each side and there's a barista in there and you get your espresso because it's so fucking dark most of the year up there right mm-hmm. they got nudie ones dude they got nudie fucking coffee coffee uh huts in washington it would be right up your alley oh i would God. pay <laughs> i would pay to fly you and caprio out and tape you getting driven by caprio going through one of these Oh, yeah. At least. But uh, did you see Taylor Tomlinson's special? Yeah, she's great. I thought I thought it was phenomenal, man. And it's Woman's History Month, so we got to big up the ladies here on What the Heck with Witcher Dweck. Right, Rich? I envy her because she started at, like, 16. She's my age. and like She's fucking adorable, too, though. That oh, lady yeah. is hot. It doesn't hurt her. It doesn't she's hurt great, that yeah. she's easy <laughs> on the eyes. What Do you like Wanda? Wanda Sykes? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's interesting. I thought I did. She might be a little too much for you, Rich. I listened to her stuff, and I feel like her older stuff, it always sounds like such a comedy hipster thing to say, like, her older stuff is better, but it is. I think she was touring more and being more, she was more of a comic than Wanda Sykes before the Wanda Sykes show. Yeah. Because I agree. If you listen to her old shit, like, yo, go listen to Roseanne Crazy Ass on uh, the Comic Relief show. Oh, yeah, gotta check that it's out. It's yeah, fucking yeah. funny, dude. It's fucking funny. But um, also, what about the ball head lady who hangs out with Cat Williams, uh, Lunell? Do you know who she oh, is? Oh, really? She's good. She is fucking hilarious. Oh, hilarious, wow. dude. Do you, uh, do you uh, know Caden uh, Taro? No. She's good, too. But uh, she's like an old... Like, you know, you know what like, I'm gonna like, do, also, Rich. Uh, I'm gonna scour the internet today because you know it's Women's is, History uh, Month, and I'm gonna get me a B. Arthur record. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a Joan Rivers or a B. Arthur record. And that's my goal for Women's yeah. History Month, Rich. I've talked about it before, but uh, 
Maria Banford too. Before I did comedy, like right before, I used to not get it, like her stuff at all. And then once I did comedy, I was like, oh, she's a fucking genius. I don't know who she is neither. So, what she does uh, is, uh, she's one of the earliest like comedians to talk about mental health. Okay. Because she has like depression and stuff, and like her thing is she's the woman of a million voices. So like, she's a voice actor too. She can do some amazing things with her voice. Like the different. No, I'm not familiar. Like stuff I she wish can I do was. And make herself sound like. It's like oh my Shit. god. <laughs> We're about to have a Spotify playlist together, Rich. You're about to have to start dropping some jewels on me. Just yeah, like when I, I was. If you have uh, Spotify, I can share uh, some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we should link up. Um, yeah, I'll share, I'll share you the stuff that I have that I. Like, that you but, liked uh, or whatever. No, I'll listen to it because yeah, I was talking to Shawnee earlier. Like, I'm listening. Go ahead. You know, it's so funny. Uh, when I, I always release it every couple of like, months, the, the uh, playlist that I have on Spotify. Of my favorite comedians, and I remember someone was like, "It's not diverse enough," and like to me, I'm like, "That's not how I look at you know." There are like twelve women comics on there, and like six black comics. It's not like that's not the way that I look at comedy. I don't look at. Comedy but I like I like either like, my favorite comics are black though, and I'm a white dude, so and, right. and that that's like the argument. Oh, but I got. But I got a black friend. Like, it's not about that. I don't listen to people based off listen to people or hang out with people based upon what they look like. And right, I exactly. fucking, and I'm not here to fill a fucking quota neither. Right. So I don't exactly. give a fuck if you don't think it's diverse enough. Because right. at the end of the day, I bet you my but I got so defensive. I was like, I, was like, I no, do it's too. Not it's not too white. <laughs> well, how do you feel, Rich? All right. So there's there's a show, right? And I'm not gonna bring up the people because it's not a personal thing. Right. All right. But there's a show where the one rule is it doesn't exist anymore uh i guess because of covid or whatever i know the venue showed that uh the venue fucking closed down no straight white males so if i took a get it so if i took a dick it'd be cool and you let me on the show right and 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 i get it when it comes to opportunity like all right like white white straight males run the majority of rooms they get the majority of the opportunities right to me, that's not what's fun about Connie. What's what's like interesting to me is I don't like when they're all blank shows. I don't like when it's an all like insert person here type show because to me it's all about diversity of of thought and of jokes. Like I want to see a comedian who is a different style each time. So I feel like, you know, it's great for, you know, for a certain type of audience, but I want to see a show where you can see, you know, like, even if I might not agree with But them, what do you feel about have... that, Rich? I'm going to dig deeper here. What do you think about this, Rich? Yeah. All right. When it comes to quotas, okay? Yeah. And I'm not sitting here looking to catch or say a bad thing. No, no. But I think that we, as different as we are, we come from like minds here. Yeah, yeah. Um. I get it. You say you're saying different. Oh, I, I like different styles. I like this. I like that. At the end of the day, if the world is sixty five percent straight white men, it's gonna reflect in fucking shows. Yeah. So Me. I think it's okay to have a show where you champion and you have mostly performers who are people of color and uh, people yeah. of different sexual orientations. But for you to flat out have a rule. Saying I right. don't have straight white males is hypocritical. One, yeah, 
It is. And two, you're just keeping the wheel spinning. Right. And to me, it's like, I like diversity of style. So, like, even though I might not agree with them, I would love to have a comedy show. This is why I love open mics. What I like about open mics is you can have a right-wing comic come up, and then you can have a left-leaning comic come up, and then you have a dirty comic come up, and then everyone has their fill of... It's like a variety show. Who the have. fuck is the right-wing comic, though? Adam Carolla? Like, oh, there's tons. There's actually tons that people don't know about. Really? Uh, yeah. Are you, saying, like, are you saying, like, are you saying fiscally? Because I, I champion myself as staying out of politics, but I'm right. a fiscal, fiscal conserv- yeah. conservative um, and, um, and a moral um, yeah, yeah. progressive. That's normal. Yeah, that's, that's pretty standard. You know, I, I don't get involved in the didactics of all, but I who's who's getting on stage championing the right wing agenda? Like I educate me. There's a very couple. There's <laughs> you say Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham's doing fucking casinos in the Midwest. Nobody gives a fuck about Jeff Dunham no more. Yeah, he's one. I'm just thinking names. Uh, oh, um, oh, what's his name? Ah, uh, I can't think of one. The guest name. Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy, yeah, he's one, but I don't know if he's ever, you know, he's never really gone. No, they, they don't explore it. You no, know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, that people whose ideologies are right because a lot of these motherfuckers are rich. So a lot yeah. of them are going to be conservatives. Oh, um, Tim Allen is one. He got a. I wouldn't watch Tim Allen's fucking special if you no. paid me to fucking you go to see it. You know what's weird to me is like, he got famous through playing like a character type of role. So A like, wholesome dad. So, like, no one paid to see him do jokes about, you know, that, like, like he made a big stink last year, and he's always making, he's like, his one goal in life is to say the N-word on stage with permission, like. That's Bill Mars, too, though, and Royce the 5'9", I'll send you the song, you gotta hear it. Yeah. It's, um, Bill Maher like, says that shit because he knows he can get away with it. He won't go right. ahead and say it in front of D-Ray Davis. He won't it's go like say a, it in front of fucking Hannibal, you know? It's like, um... You know, you always have those people that are, you know, comfortable. Like, <laughs> like Ralphie May was really good with that, like, being... But time funny, and place. Listen, I guy, used to uh, say it around my friends, okay? Around my black friends, I yeah. used to say it, okay? I would always and, think, like, that's like a... I would always think, like, that's a trick. Like, I would never accept it. I would well, like, well I, I got the past. You got to remember, like, really? I, I was in populations <laughs> where I was, like, one of the few white dudes. But there is no past. And this is what I came yeah. to grow up and know and what was explained to me and what explained to me is you give people license okay yeah so if my what basically my buddy took me to the side he's a professor at Rutgers, and um he graduated from columbia we started from common roots we don't slept on the same couches and shit yeah he's just like don you won't get one of your white friends punched all up in their face one day (laughs) and my argument to it is like, why is there this fixation? Oh, I want to say it on stage because context. Now, the right. first time I ever said it was I had a feminist person of color as a teacher. She taught me while I was in uh, she taught me in Rutgers and when I was in the Pokemon. And right. it was a Harlem Renaissance class. And there was this book. It was called N Word Heaven by uh, Carl Van Becken. Right. Carl Van Be- N Word Heaven was referring to the balcony in the theaters in Upper Manhattan where Harlem is. Because that's the only place that would let black people sit. This <clears throat> this professor, woman, good-looking lady, she actually taught Lou Daraville too. 
she would during she would make me read in class. And I would read in class, and when the end would, would come up, I would skip it. Right. And this woman straight up forced me. This is a lady who grew up in racist ass Boston, uh, Black Panther Breakfast program. Like she, she went to all that shit. She's a progressive thinker and everything like that. Right. Yeah. She pounded in my head where it came to literature that you can repeat it. I disagree at this point in my life because right. that was the first time somebody gave me license to go ahead. Oh, you can say this. This is okay. Right. And then fast forward to me and Haiti having a conversation because it turns into your regular vernacular and it's, Hey man, you're going to get one of your white friends punched in the face. Right. And my, at the end of the day, my argument is like, can people of color have anything? It's their fucking word. Let them yeah. have it. It's a fucking word. There's like, like what's so hard? With you. He is also on my uh, playlist. Uh, I forget his name. He just, he died in 2011 of a heart attack. He's like, he's one of those comics that's like, uh, Patrice, he's white though, but like, he has a joke where it's like, uh, you know, about, the N-word and stuff, and he's like, you know, he's like, women are like that with the C-word, with the word cunt. And he's like, people should, they should take it back like black people did with the N-word. Is like, Oh, yeah, I've heard that go, before. Oh, that's my cunt. Like, <laughs> no, but I think, hey, the, the same word when it comes to cunt, man, my dad was born in England. That's our word, okay? <laughs> right. That's exactly. our word. It's like how America, we say bitch. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean that it's just a woman. You can say bitch about anything. Right. Like, anything. I don't want to get too far off topic because okay. I, 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 I knew I didn't know if this was true or not. So you were locked up. I didn't know that. If that oh, was no, that's a, that's a true thing. From the time I was 17 until I was 21, I was incarcerated. Am I allowed to ask about? Yeah, no, nah, dude, it's a, it was a long time ago. I don't try to make that a big part of my identity, but it is right. part of my identity when it comes to my train of thought. And um, I'm, I'm a, I've been a socially um, awoken person, but um. I think it's very. I, I I spoke about it on the Foul Housemates podcast, like uh, these armchair fucking um, activists and things like that. Like I don't do it as virtual si- virtue signal. Right. I do it to try to become a better person. Right. So sometimes I got to be the person who's. <clears throat> right now it's like, oh, let us join the conversation. Let us. We're here to listen. We're here to listen and hear everybody out. I'm the guy who's going to be like, hey, my question is going to sound horrible. Right. But you're going to answer it, and I'm going to have a better understanding of it. And then maybe I can explain the same thing to others when it comes up in conversation. And I'm not looking to get people to sign petitions and change the right. way they feel about people that look differently than them. However, the more I know, the more I can share, and right. the better it could possibly get. So, yes, I was incarcerated from 17 to 21. What you want to know, Rich? How so was jail? What, what was it for? Um, yeah, you just go for the, the one question I don't want to answer. Wow, um, sorry, it was a, no, it was a botched drug deal. Um, somebody, oh, sold me, oh, okay. somebody sold me some fake drugs, and then we ran into their buddy the next weekend. And uh, my two buddies got out the car and stripped them into his boxers because we thought we were thugs. And it's like, hey man, you sell me fake shit, we're gonna leave you naked on the side of the road. And next thing you know, you got a third degree armed robbery, and people think you robbed blah blah. Uh, so, and it's something I carry with me, and that's why I'm I'm very right. big on prison reform. Um, did you watch the um, the nineteenth or the seventeenth? My bad. No. On uh, Netflix about 
the prison industrial complex? No, I have to. You know what's it was... so funny is, uh, you ever watch the show Beyond Scared Straight? <laughs> no, I watched Scared Straight, and my buddy jail? Black Mike from Long Branch was on it three times when we were kids. You know what's funny is I watch that show now, and maybe it's the, like the liberal progressives in me. I fucking hate that show. Well, you know what it was, I'm Rich. Like... I align with your ideology, and I'll tell you why. Because I started my bid, like I said, when I was seventeen, right? So they they yeah. sent me to adult jail when I was seventeen. I started in juvie though, yeah. and they would do the scared straight thing, and it'd be like, "Yo, you gotta act crazy. You gotta like fucking tell the kid like you want to fuck them, and you know tie your pillowcase around your head and mess your fucking room up and shit." And I'm like, "Motherfucker, I ain't no fucking farm animal, right?" And you would do it because you want the kid to fucking, you know, and at the time, you're a kid yourself. You're 17. At 33, I'd be like, yo, just let me go sit down and smoke a cigarette and have a beer with him. He's obviously right. drinking already. Fuck. But, um. Yeah. Going about Scared Straight, I hate it. <laughs> but your liberal mind says what about Scared Straight? Like, like I hate, I hate the show and I hate, I hate the TV show for one reason, just because, like, you look at how racially it is, like. And it's like, oh, this is like, you know. No, Rich. No, no, Rich. It's not racially. That's not the TV producers. That's America. They lock up black folk, dude, at a higher rate than they lock up white folk. Also, to me, it's like, it's an age thing, too. Like, I thought stupid shit when I was 15, 16 years old. Like, Rich, they ain't bringing your ass to scared straight to try to straighten you out, Rich. You're a grown ass man. I know. That would be absurd, but, you know. It's like I just think of like people have to have an area to drive. I don't know. It's interesting to me. Uh, what else uh, is that? The only what did you do? Is the only question. It's not like Oz. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, you, you're the one who said you wanted to ask questions about the pokey. That's right. what I'm referring so to. That's the only question that. that I had. No, what I do? What I do? I was a drug lord, Rich. <laughs> A little bit about me. I kind of, I hung out with girls my entire life, like most of my life. So I'm like a gossipy bitch. Like that's uh, yo, I'm guilty of the same. Yo, I got I got hella platonic lady friends. Believe it or not, like yeah, Don's so, a fucking pig, and it's like I'm not really. Right. I mean, so you don't know me. Back to comedy. I wanted to. Do you have any other comedians that you wanted to ask me about? Um, that Anything you hate, else? that you slandered publicly on the internet, not off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> not off the top of my head. I mean, I, I wish I could find a list. So fire off some, just shoot off some names of people you dislike, and I guarantee, because there was like, like... There's not really a whole lot, like... Dude, Rich, uh, there was like 30 fucking names. Oh, Nick DiPaolo is one. He's a oh, I don't like him either. Fuck him. Like, I don't like him. He's one guy. Him. You like Jeffries? Jeffries, yeah, Jeffries is great. You like you like Jesselnick? Jesselnick is great, yeah. Do you agree that Kevin Hart hasn't put out a good special in eleven years? Kevin Hart, I have a weird uh, thing about like I'm I, admirable. I, I find him very <laughs> admirable, but his stand up like hasn't been good in ten years. He's a superstar. He's like a guy who's done so much. But He's like the rock, dude, that work ethic. Like, Rich, me or your fat asses would never have the work ethic that that little yeah. man has. Oh, yeah, that's just a, a fact of life. To me, I always look at him, and then I look at the, like, I look at the comedians that I'm a fan of, and I'm like, I wish that they were at that level of Kevin Hart. But like, he's not, though. So, um, 
the lady I'm seeing, we weren't together at the time, but she went and saw Kevin Hart at the track earlier this year, too. Yeah. And she said it was terrible. And oh, not yeah. only was it terrible, when he started his set, tell me if you've ever seen a, a comic do this or heard a comic do a, like, of doing this at all. He started his set, hey, um, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm just working on some new stuff. Uh, we'll go from here. Does that put you in a mood to laugh? Is this like, yo, this guy's going to no. kill. Like, he's going to crush it. It'd be like you walking up to the mic at the Brighton, like, oh, I just wrote this today. It's like, all right, Rich just wrote this today, but you're not Kevin Hart, and I ain't pay $100 right. a head to come see you. Come on, honey. Yeah, it's like you got to – like, to me, with Kevin Hart, I just I – really, I always think, you know, he's for – he's for people. Like, people like Kevin Hart. Like, that's – He's like a person you can be be a fan of, you know. And he's always gonna come out with something new. To me, he has like, two just, good specials, dude. I I'm a grown little like, man and seriously funny, and the rest of them suck. Oh yes, seriously <laughs> funny, yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't mention him because uh, he's like a mix to me. Is uh, um. Tracy Moore, I, I mentioned in that list uh, also, like, the in-between people, like, people who I sometimes like and sometimes don't like. Like, that's why I put Chappelle and Burr. Tracy? Is, uh, like, another in-between person to me is Tracy Morgan. I could take or leave Tracy, too. But Fat Tracy from Def Jam? Yeah. With the fucking um, propeller hat on and shit? Yeah. That shit was funny, dude. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'd go as far to say <laughs> he had that Netflix special, Staying Alive. Yeah. The funniest part of the whole special was the opening. When oh. uh, he drops off a bag of cash at the dry cleaners in a Walmart bag. Yeah. Because he got hit by the Walmart truck. Now, that was hilarious. Yeah. The special sucked. Yeah. It sucked a lot. But I actually, this year, watched the whole series of Dirty Rock. So, I got... I got a certain level of admiration for yeah. Tracy Morgan. Have you watched uh, his new show? Um, the, uh, the last oh, the last OG. I watched the first season. It's I, okay. I've only seen like one episode. I really want to watch it because I it's like okay. That, it's he I plays like, on a lot of stereotypes and bullshit too, though. Yeah. I like that he's back. Like I feel like he has like a. Listen, listen, Rich. As a fellow fluffy dude, and for the record. I don't know if I told you before I left on Monday. I went to Mike. He was pouring yeah. me a drink. And I was like, you know, fucking Dweck lose weight? And he was like, he looked at you and he was like, yeah, he's been losing weight. I was like, motherfucker looked like he lost some weight. You look you know like you lost is? a good 20 pounds or something, dude. You know what's funny? is It must have been what I was wearing because actually I haven't. I've actually gained <laughs> Richard, you I wear the same thing pain. every day, like Action Bronson. You know why Action Bronson wears the same clothes all the time? Yeah. Because he's like a cartoon character. It's easy. And it's elastic. Came, what is it? 3X recently? And it's just like, you know, it's like, to me, what's bad about it is like. Oh, what you're saying is you lost no weight. You just bought clothes your size. Yeah. Basically. Hey, <laughs> more power to you. If you're yeah. one of those people, my me, brother's like that. Bad. He gets bigger. Bad. He gets bigger and he just. He thinks if he keeps his clothes smaller, he doesn't have to accept the fact that he got bigger. It's right. like, now, nah, fam, you got bigger. Just buy bigger clothes. Like, 
kind of tall though, right? You're like I'm six two, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm six. Yeah, I've I'm been six foot seven. since <laughs> I was a kid. I lie though. I lie all the time and say I'm five eight, but I. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think I think uh, this is a joke that I don't want to talk about because I, Tinder is one of those things on stage I don't love talking about. But I think right. Tinder is a place for short dudes and tall bitches. Oh yeah, like, that's it's just a whole bunch of tall women wanting dudes uh, their size and a whole bunch of short men just trying right. to get some pussy. To me, and... I always feel like I I I I I talked about this on stage once. I didn't really have a joke for it, but like I, oh, it's just feeling that I have that I hate those dating sites because I always feel like they're so shallow to me. It's yeah, like, it's a human it lifestyle. It makes me look like an asshole. Listen, it's I like, can only do it for so like, long. It's like, of course I'm going to click on the girl with the big boobs. It's like, why, why is that going to... Then she's going to be like, follow my Snapchat. And then she's going right. to be like, cash out me all your money and I'll come over. Right. This is predatory towards lonely men. And that's yeah. what the men get. It's First of all, it's... Yo, it's Women's History Month. Not one lonely man should be swiping right aggressively on dating right. apps right now. It's fucking Women's History Month, okay? If I could go the whole month of February without looking a person of color in the eye, okay? I'm going to respect <laughs> these women in March, okay, Richard Dweck? <laughs> I just also want to know if you're going to do the same thing that Dan and Liam did and uh, put a disclaimer on the description of my episode. Oh, really? I don't the, think so. I think Clay, they did that, and I noticed it, and I was like, I think your name is slimmer enough. Like, to me, I'm very lucky in that, like, they had some hard time getting their stuff on to, onto the platforms because of copyright and music and stuff. To me, I'm, I've been very lucky. <laughs> well, you just keep it bare bones. But you and your what? uncle probably runs BMG. <laughs> like, you're one of. But just like I said, like you're, you know, it's so cool to have you on because that's like, you know, a big get. It's like, you know, you're one of the names. It's like, oh, it's cool. oh I'm like, not a fucking like, name, Rich. Like, I don't want to like kiss your ass too much because I don't want to make a deal about it. But like, you know, it's cool. Like, it's it's just cool to me that like you would at least accept being on. That you're like, well, oh, fuck that, Rich. I already had an idea while we were on the podcast. I think me and you should. Go and start a pod ourselves called Rich and Don Rate and Review. And it should oh, yeah. go everything from comedy specials to fucking hip-hop albums. And then you can make that. me watch some fucking anime or something. And we have such contrasting um, opinions. Oh, but yeah, we're both agreeable. And Rich, you're not a fucking idiot. You can hold a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Most people don't think I can hold a conversation, though. That's the I thing. think that's stupid. It I is stupid. Just, you know, that's, that's not. But that's listen, I really appreciate like uh, the fact that you're saying like, oh, you're kind of like this big. I'm not big at all, man. Listen, I started yeah, doing I mics. You're humble, I but... started doing mics because of fucking Heather. Heather brought the mic to the Brighton. That's just yeah. a fact of life. Angela took it afterwards, and I can understand her not wanting to do it anymore because it's a yeah. it's a thankless task. I don't feel task. bad for her. I don't feel bad for her. No, I don't her like she doesn't do comedy anymore because of uh, just not. You know, personal life stuff, just not you know feeling. Well. No, but uh, she goes. She, like, she. I, started, I did. I did improv with her. She was in my first uh, improv group that I was in. <laughs> well, do you know what we call improv, Richard Dweck? Yeah, I know it's a term. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't know what we call it though. This what? What a, do you call it? <laughs> a phrase coined by the great American philosopher Brian Lutz, who's a dear friend of both me and McDonough. Yeah. Improv, improv is the WNBA of comedy. 
Oh yeah. Oh, we can't make that joke. It's Women's History Month. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> improv is cricket and stand up is baseball. Yeah. But however, yeah, was, Seattle, Seattle always, is is where Ryan Styles is from. Do you know who Ryan yeah. Styles is? Ryan Styles, he's very funny. I like him. He's the uh, one club in Seattle that like people will go to. It's mainly improv based, though. But he runs. Apparently, he's a very nice man. It's very welcoming, and he well opens his doors to the creatives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see um Jesus in the um? Oh, did you see Judas in the Black Messiah yet? No. What is that? That's a movie you gotta watch. Just came out on uh, Amazon. No, HBO Max. You got HBO oh, Max. Oh, okay. I have HBO Max. I should. It's a movie out. about Fred Hampton. Do you know who Fred Hampton is? No. Fred Hampton was the leader of the Illinois chapter of the uh, Black Panther Party. And oh. um, J. Edgar Hoover put a mole in there, Donnie Brasco style, and had the guy assassinated, just like JFK, just like Malcolm X, just like everybody else. It's a very good movie, though. Check it out. It's a great movie. Should have watched yeah. it during Black History Month. It's Women's History Month now. but Right. So, yeah. So... Let's see, Richard. What do you think of Richard Pryor? Is that who you were named after? Did uh, Mama no, Thwack no, and I, Daddy Thwack name you after Richard Pryor? You know what? I, I have a thing of... I think Richard Pryor is one of the best. And he's like... Even though people love him, he's one of the most underrated for like his actual like writing skills and like actually like... He's a very... He's very good. Okay. So we're both <laughs> self-proclaimed and aware comedy geeks so in your yeah. opinion who was the first comic oh because it's an mean? opinion thing who was the first comic well here's the thing i don't know his name i know officially there's a comedian who was the first like technical stand-up but he was at a time in the uh what is it the um Oh, what are they called? Uh, uh, the 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 the. I'm trying to think of the the name of the. It wasn't a talkie, like a silent film with fucking. No, he was like. A... Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> We'd be great at categories, Rich. But, so, in my opinion, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, to my understanding, Mark Twain is the first American, Mark Twain, the first yeah, stand-up. Mark Twain, another guy. Another guy was like known for blackface. That was his like, but he was oh, also Mark the Twain. First stand-up. Mark Twain, Mark, yeah. Mark Twain had a traveling show. Yeah. Okay, this pre-TV, this was pre-radio. Yeah, yeah. And um, some of the acts and some of the things, it was like a variety show, kind of like uh, St. John's running right now. And which right, I heard yeah. that show was yeah. fun. I heard that that show was really fun. But um, yeah, I went to the first one. <laughs> Mark Twain had some brutally racist things in his traveling show but the fact that he was a traveling show based right. on oration and in humor that mark twain will be the first stand-up everybody else says lenny bruce right which that live at the fucking berkeley is four records i've made it through two of them wow and anytime they come on i think of you because i don't think that you've listened to all four of them fucking records what records are they is lenny bruce live at the berkeley the Berkeley um, concert, the one he got arrested at. Yeah. 
it's doesn't age well. You know what ages oh, really? well? Fucking Red Fox ages well. And Red Fox, yeah, fucking great. He's great. Um. Oh, another thing. Do you know Dick Gregory is? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Dick Gregory is the reason that we got the Zapruder film? Do you know what the Zapruder film is? I've heard of it, but I The Zapruder film is the film of JFK getting his head fucking blown right. off and Jackie Kennedy scooping his brain off right. the trunk of the car. Dick Gregory obtained it at an auction and premiered it to America on Geraldo's show in 1985. Right. It's also a very important old comic in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know, Rich. So what do your Saturdays look like? What do you usually do? You play video games? Let's, let's stop geeking out on comedy. Let's get to know one another. What do you what, what do you do on Saturdays, man? Hey. Rich, pay, pay your fucking phone bill, my man. <laughs> I don't know what is fucking happening. <laughs> We're going yeah, so off, what does so, a Richard uh... Dweck Saturday look like? Saturday? I don't know. I, I actually just got a pizza uh it's before before I recorded this. It's so funny. <laughs> I have this app on my phone called uh Slice. And okay. I, you can you can just order pizza locally through it and it's great. It's like that's what Is I'm there doing. a minimum or are we fucking local businesses? So I'm like, yeah, that's what I like to do. I just like to get uh my parents actually went to Maryland for my uh my nephew's uh Ninth birthday. I I was so. Oh, uh, you said fuck your name, na- fuck your nephew. Don Harris this. is on the podcast. I scheduled this, and I was like, I wish I shouldn't have asked. First of all, Rich, you scheduled it for Wednesday or Tuesday. Oh wait, my calendar's wrong. Did it drop again? No. Are you, all right. No, we're still uh, March. We're still yeah, I thought we were scheduled for the third, and I was like, No, I don't know if I could do the third. And then when you hit me up, like, you good for tomorrow? I was like, Yes. I usually just do. I usually do the weekend. I usually try to make it, you know, Saturday or Sunday. And uh, but I really should. Uh, I should just do it, you know, when people want to do it because then I could get more done. I have so much. <laughs> I have so many people to get through. It's insane. <laughs> but that's a good thing. You gotta let it slow cook, man. Best meals yeah. are slow cooked, Rich. It's nice having. It's also nice to have a schedule, like to have a thing, like, oh yeah, I do this and. Uh, yeah, because you don't work, right? Uh, no, <laughs> I uh, I might be helping my dad at work soon because my mom uh, she's been helping him a little bit, but she's getting, what's your uh, dad do? She's getting foot surgery. She's getting bunion surgery. So what's yeah, your, what's, my dad a little bit. What's your but dad do? My dad has a uh, his side of the family owns um, a dollar store business. That is one of the most Jewish things yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. heard so in my life. Their own dollar store type of yeah. <laughs> so uh, I that's cool though, man. Can, you know, my grandmother pays me or whatever, but I haven't. Where at a, Lakewood? I haven't had a job job in forever. <laughs> in, well, well did you go to college? Fired, which was the first time so, I got fired was that came well, because the, when I got a job there, what happened was. Uh, the, the, one of the girls there that did like the scheduling for the people, like the people that work there, she was so lazy with me. She didn't like make up my schedule properly. And it's like you have one job. It's like... But my my also as a scheduler, 
You know, you didn't know that. Yeah. But, uh, as a as a logistics fellow in my field, what I do for a living. Yeah. What type of hurdles did you have for scheduling? Was it just when you wanted to go to work? No, they just they just gave me like the wrong day. Like they didn't tell me one day that I was working. What was it Saturday? It was, like, a Saturday. Work? It was like you guys. Like I talked to them like when I was scheduling, and it's like he didn't tell me that day. He said these three days I was working, and. Yeah. Are you related so to Solomon Dweck? I ever got let go, like, after I got fired. Because to me, it's like, I don't get fired. Like, <laughs> well, you know what happened, Rich? Yeah. They went out of business, so fuck them, okay? <laughs> Probably. Maybe yeah. if they would have never fired. But, no, um, they did. They're they're owned by Sears Holding. They, I actually they have been out of business. to a bunch of places. I applied to all these and stuff like that, but I just haven't gotten, you know... <laughs> Stuff well, like what's that. your passion? What's your pa- comedy? Your passion? Comedy, my passion. Saying. Yeah, basically, yeah. But uh, you don't want to throw your hat in the ring with producing because you got to be aggressive, and that's yeah. not in your See, nature. Like, I, I'm trying to take it one step at a time with learning how to do stuff. Like, like I, uh, I helped co-host an open mic, and uh, I've done some hosting stuff. Are you talking about the no food or drink public mic? Yeah, uh, that was public library? that was tough. Uh, no shit. I, I I almost started the mic at the fucking um, – I was working at the Jersey Shore Art Center where Joey has a studio, yeah. and they were fucking – it was worse than trying to work with the Mormons, so I can understand. Yeah. The funny thing is – Which would like, be why Don doesn't do comedies in libraries. Even though I love libraries and I was an English major, believe yeah. it or not, um, me and libraries don't jive, not in the comedy <laughs> world. It's funny, though. The library said to us the uh, – it's the same – Comedian who runs that, who did that, who, uh, yeah, um, you're talking about fucking Max. Max, yeah, yeah. So, one of the two times I was on stage this year, yeah, it was, um, it, it, the, um, she's the one who takes all the comedy classes. I, she does, Max, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. I'm not here to slander yeah, Max. Yeah. I, apparently, I'm in a good graces. I don't know. I have, I don't such, a, fuck I have such a mean opinion on it. It's like, you know what. What do you mean? It's not mean if it's the truth, Rich, but it, just because it's your truth doesn't yeah. mean it's a universal truth. Yeah, true. Just because something's yeah. not for you doesn't mean it's yeah. not for anyone. Um, well, anyway, but yeah, uh, one of the two sets I did this year, Max was at a table there and shit, and she was giggling. I was like, Max, don't you fucking laugh. I know you hate me. She's like, I don't hate you, Don. <laughs> I don't hate you. It's like, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> But I don't get off on that. Yo, Rich, there are some times where I've treated people shitty in the world of comedy. Oh, yeah. Me just too. on stage. Just on stage and made jokes that they were, like, heard about or something like that. And, like, I definitely don't get off on it, one. And, two, like, that shit resonates for a while. Like, where there'll be a random point in my day. Like, yo, what the fuck? I was like... But also, I have no fucking filter. And it's not an excuse. Right. It's just a... Uh, it's just um, I I I don't do this to make people feel shitty. Right, me neither. I spent uh, most of my life like feeling bad, and I just want to feel good myself and make the rest right. anybody around me feel good. That's the one thing that was always really tough with me when I did. The one thing that I hated about doing when I did bringer shows in New York was, like, younger people loved me, but older people fucking hated me because. I did, like, jokes about religion. It would always annoy, like, 80-year-old women. Dude, jokes <laughs> about religion, yo. Fucking McDonough had this joke about, um, uh, do you know what Top Finder stickers are? Yeah. They, 
and I used to piggyback off of him. And it's like cheating, but I knew I would be after him on the show, and it would right. fucking work like a charm. I'd be like, yo, them stickers on the window, you know, makes me feel like them firefighters were in cahoots with the Catholic Church the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So you can go fuck them kids before they burn to death. Right. Like, and some, my dad has wanted to walk out of the show because of that shit. Oh. But a rule of thumb is, and there's one rule I have, Rich, I will say nothing on stage I won't say in front of my own mother. That's good. Which is pretty much beat up my mom and broadened her realm of tolerance. Because the opener I've used since the day I've done started comedy, I know I can always use this opener. It's so disrespectful to my mom, and my dad hates it. Which is um, oh, okay. We're back. My, okay. Yeah, my real name is Donald Paul Bernard Harris. My best friend always told me I have two middle names because my mom doesn't know which one okay, of the three so, dudes is my real so dad. That's why he said on Facebook. I wasn't sure. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm talking to the right, uh, the right Don. Here, right? I hope you are. I don't know how many Dons do you know. Oh, <laughs> I um, I hate to. Uh, cut this off short or anything i love that you gave me a bunch of time you gave me you went a lot longer than uh oh no i told sean mcdonough i was talking to him earlier i was gonna see i i I told him i was like i'm gonna see how far i can push dweck i'm pushing for like three and a half hours let's see how far i can get him he's like you're not gonna be a dick to him i was like believe it or not dweck's a comedy geek just like so i don't good luck editing this shit i mean do you want something do you want my worst comics list? Because that's what they did on fucking uh Oh sure. Sure, you can tell me that. Okay. We can wrap okay, all right. The five the fifth worst, the fifth fifth worst comic in the Jersey Shore comic oh. scene is is Dan Caprio. <laughs> okay. The fourth worst comic in the New Jersey Shore area comic uh comedy scene is Dan Caprio. <laughs> the third is Dan Caprio. The second is Dan Caprio. And the first would be Liam, however you pronounce his last Liam. name. <laughs> <laughs> because you motherfuckers made me make a list. Um, Took advantage of me when I was drunk. I want this on the record. And you made me feel awkward in front of certain people that I was bound to see again. Yeah. So, I so Rich, I don't know what you're drinking. Maybe like matzo ball soup or something. I got a sip left in my coffee cup. Let's let's take a let's take a rest in peace uh, sip to uh, foul housemates. Yeah, and know that what the heck with Richard Dweck is still living well, alive and breathing. And you know sometimes you got cut off dead weight. And that would be the foul housemates. Yeah. Cheers to them. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad that happened. So um. Are you um so talking about uh, uh Brian's uh, show? Have you have you done it at all? Have you gone? No, no, dude. I've done stand up twice this year. Thursdays are like this my year, worst, like day to go out. <laughs> it's like I'm so lazy. Well, Rich, you don't like riffing, dude. You're not beat for that riffing shit. But, uh, you never know what Brian's gonna do. Like, Brian's a wild card. To me, it's like I was talking with the Beecroft, and I was like, that's like a weird like show, like. Where I would just have to like, you know, I used to do karate. I could bring my karate outfit to that show and it'd be fine. <laughs> like, a, listen, Richard, do yourself a favor, like I do for myself. Yeah. As as big men, don't dress up. Don't fall down funny. Oh yeah. Uh-uh. Don't. We're, we're gonna try to physical comic you. Don't ever dress up. Oh yeah. Don't fucking ever dress up, Richard Dweck. 
You come from better stock than that. You've worked one job your whole life and you're still alive. <laughs> like you don't need to be dressing up in a karate gi for not no one, Mr. Richard yeah. <laughs> Are you related to Solomon Dweck though? Is that your uncle? What? Do you know who Solomon Dweck is? Solomon Dweck? Uh no. All right, Solomon Dweck was a rabbi at um But that is a common one of the bigger <laughs> I know. I just say the cho- the tribe or the chosen people yeah. of Jews apparently is a derogatory term, and I refuse to be dragged into that nonsense. Um, Solomon Dweck was one of the one of the um, rabbis at one of the bigger temples yeah. in Deal, and they got caught in a big racketeering oh, raid. Yeah, yeah. And they were selling humans' organs in cereal boxes and tax evasion, etc. Oh like. I just want to know if that was your uncle. No. And, like, I could probably use half a lung. No. So, it pays to know people. No. <laughs> My family's boring. They don't do any type of shit that's, you know. <laughs> so, so do you own a dollar store? Yeah. Right? Your family owns a dollar yeah, store. Yeah. That's what they do. That's it. What, where is this dollar store located? Is it Marlboro? It's in, uh, they actually just moved to Brick. Uh, it was in... Uh, it was in Ocean Grove, but uh, last Ocean year it uh, burnt down because we had homeless people that lived under the building, and mm-hmm. one of them accidentally like let a cigarette go. And I don't know, Richard. Are you familiar with the term Jewish lightning? Yes, I am. We had to deal with that. Uh, <laughs> we had to deal with that stereotype. Uh, my parents had to deal with that. <laughs> my mom. It always annoyed me. My mom was not good with the. Uh, <laughs> with the online trolling at all. <laughs> Yo, yeah, but did you bring your mom to comedy shows and shit? Like, she's nice to some yeah, of the guys great. and she, shit. She has a great, uh, you know, it's so funny. I can't get my dad to come in. Like, yeah. What do you think like, your dad would think of me, Richard like, Dweck? Really he's so... he doesn't like me made fun of, but he's like a funny, like, he's like Larry David, like very funny. Like, he can, <laughs> but. Uh, I do think Larry David's very he funny. Doesn't, like, actually. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, it's always so funny. People are like, you should get your dad to come in. It's like, nah, he's not going <laughs> to. Yeah, but I think your mom, your, your mom will go cool. like, hey, dude, will she have a stroke? Like, because like I said, it's a contrast between my mom and my dad. My mom laughs that shit up. She loves it. My dad, he's an old, staunch English man, English and Irish man. He ain't with the shits. So if Kathy, Kathy, correct? Yeah. If Kathy, yeah, it's creepy. I knew your mom's name, right? Yeah. So uh, if Kathy, if Kathy came and saw a Don set about what I talked about this week, um, you think she'd be able to be okay with that? Talking about what? What? Yeah. All right. So this week I talked about um, how I had to buy some puppy pads and dick pills oh. from Walgreens. Um, how would Kathy feel about that? Uh, I don't know. My parents. You know, it's funny. Uh, my parents are very cool with that. Like, like, I know people, I don't know how you were, but, like, I know a lot of people had strict parents, like, with what they watched. I watched Blazing Saddles with my dad when I was eight, so, you know. Yeah, but that movie's, <laughs> that's, like, the, the last racist relic cool. like, that still is in syndication. My parents are cool with <laughs> comedy type of stuff. Like, they, got rid of Mr., they got rid of Mr. Potato Head, okay? Yeah. And Mel Brooks is still here. Saying all types of crazy shit in syndication. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. He's in the tribe. It helps. Yeah. 
it helps. Either way, Mr. Dweck, um, what do you think about the idea? Um, we can do uh, Rich and Don, uh, Rich and Don review. Yeah, we and we do can that. pick an yeah. obscure thing. Yeah, we should do alternate weeks. We should make an hour. Yeah, you know, you picked it. You picked the first week. It could be a special. It should. It should be things we're both interested in, but it also yeah. every once in a while should have something obscure. And I think it's a great fucking idea. I'm gonna call my fucking uh. I'm gonna call my graphics guy after we get off the off the podcast. Yeah, no, we'll let's make a logo. Do it. I definitely, I definitely. Uh... All right, we need to Google Rich and Don review and make sure it isn't taken yet. <laughs> yeah. But I think we're up to something. Either way, Rich, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. I really for appreciate you. And yeah, not a problem, man. I really appreciate the accolades and you, you saying that you know you were happy to get me on. Like it's just shooting the shit on a yeah. Saturday afternoon. It's good for my soul, and I really yeah. appreciate it, Rich. You have a good one, okay, yeah. brother. Can't wait to see you again. Oh. All right. See all you right. soon. That's the B. I'll bring that stand hope book for you, bro. All right. Great. I'll bring all that right. Take it easy. Uh, thanks. All right. Later, man. All right, later.